how do you get a client to spend more with you, give you more work, generally give you a raise? When I Googled this, everything that came up had to do with being in corporate and how to get a raise from your boss. And while there were some decent pieces of advice in there, they didn't translate that well to us, people who run our own businesses and are looking to get a raise from our clients. As somebody who has lots of clients and also pays lots of contractors, freelancers, and employees, I'd like to give you my perspective on the best way to get your clients to give you more work and or pay you more money. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. I find some of the best content that I make is inspired by something that happens to me. And if I can sit down and write it or talk about it immediately after, that's when it really gets my juices flowing. So I'm going to share a story about how somebody that we have been paying over the last year came to us and approached us looking for more work and more money and what not to do. You know who you are if you're listening to this, and I'm not sharing this to chastise you. I'm sharing it because the lesson here is useful for everyone, and you're not the only person who has made these mistakes. And in fact, I think it's probably great that you made this mistake because it gave you a chance to learn how to better yourself as a business owner and as a company, and it gave me some great content that I can now share with a whole bunch of people who are probably also making these sinful mistakes when trying to get more money from their clients. So here we go. Five sinful mistakes to avoid when looking for more work or more money from clients and what to do instead. Sinful mistake number one, sharing personal life stuff as a reason for more money. We've all done it. I'm guilty of it. Sharing excuses or things that are happening to you in your personal life as a reason that you weren't able to do something or a reason that you need something from someone. It's a it's a natural human trait. I'm going to do a whole episode about this some other time, but let me give you an example. Whenever somebody is late with work that they're going to do, they usually share why they're late. And they probably have a legitimate reason, right? Sometimes it's really legitimate. Someone died. Someone got sick. My child had to stay home from school because they have COVID. There are a lot of legitimate reasons out there. And it's not that I don't have empathy for them but I don't think they are your client's business. And I think by sharing anything personal like that as an excuse or a reason that your client should be doing something, I think you're doing yourself and the client a disservice because what you're doing is you're really saying to them, I want you to excuse me not living up to my promise and the expectations that I set. And so I'm disappointing you but I'm not going to let you be upset about it or I'm going to give you a reason why you can't be frustrated with it. And you put your clients in a really bad spot. Sometimes it's not even something so personal. Sometimes it is something like this person that emailed me said something about taxes. They need to charge you more because the government is going to be really buckling down on taxes. And so I need to charge you more to pay those taxes. What they aren't understanding is that 
Your taxes as a business owner are your business, and they are not a reason that I need to pay you more. They're not definitely not a reason that I'm excited to pay you more, <laughs> right? Now, I will gladly pay top dollar for a top value, but if you're going to add in all sorts of charges because you have to pay for something extra in your life, that doesn't make me as the client feel better about spending that money. It doesn't make me want to pay you more. So it's not that we aren't all human. We can't empathize with these situations. It's that if you want clients to happily pay you whatever you need and want, you need to make a better case than that. Do not share personal reasons for getting a raise. And don't share these even if it's for an employee. I wouldn't even share these if it if you were an employee. It might work, but that doesn't mean it's the best way to get the outcome you desire. So keep your personal life to yourself and show up as a professional who is going to focus on the things that matter most to your client. Do not share personal stuff as a reason to charge more money. Two, never bring up a list of grievances or even worse, things that you've been bothered about for a long time. This person brought up the fact that because they travel to us in order to do their work, whenever we negotiated how much we were going to pay, they maybe didn't take that into account or they didn't realize they were going to take Ubers more often or the price of Ubers have gone up recently. Either way, they were starting to feel it. Now, in this email, they said to us that they haven't been charging us for a long time, but it's been affecting them, that it's been costing more and more to travel to us. Again, not really any of our business. And certainly, if you are approaching me to pay you more money, the last thing you want is for me to feel defensive because I'm the client. And I told them, hey, six months ago, when you realized that travel was getting more expensive, all you had to do was say something (laughs) and tell us and we would have paid you more. I might not be like every client. Some clients might have a problem with that. But the point is, it's your responsibility as the business owner to ask for the money you want or you need or you think is valuable. What I would have done is I would have probably increased the rate and probably added something extra in. So for example, if your project is doing like five social media posts a week and you've got this extra expense of travel that's going to be $50, let's say, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to increase your price by $50 because I have to pay for travel, what you might want to do is say, hey, I'm going to increase your price $100. My expenses have gone up and I need to cover that, but I'm also going to add in a couple of extra social media posts to make sure you're getting the value you deserve. Adding something in is going to make the client feel like, ooh, okay, I'm okay with paying extra because I'm excited to get this added value. You can add value in ways that don't take up more of your time or that are very easy to do. The takeaway from this one is look for ways for the client to be excited to pay you more, not ways where they feel like they're just getting an unexpected bill. Nobody likes unexpected bills. Nobody likes to pay extra money that they weren't counting on for something that's not going to add any benefit to them. There are always ways for you to position your offer and how you want to increase the price and in a way that is valuable for the person you're pitching it to. And I would recommend always looking at it through that lens. And if you have been frustrated because you haven't been getting paid enough for a while, then instead of ever bringing that up to your client, I would say take responsibility for it because you as the business owner, it's your job to keep track of your 
expenses. It's your job to tell the client how much you want. If you undercharge a client, it's not their fault. It's not their responsibility to look at your price and say, I think you should charge us more. Nope, it's your responsibility. So take it. Number three, do not think inflation is a good sales pitch. This is kind of like, yes, there is a lot of talk about inflation out there. Yes, we're all aware of it. But this is a lot like the last one. I'm not excited to pay you more because of inflation. If you're feeling the hurt of inflation, so am I. So I don't want to just pay more because, you know, inflation. Look for ways to increase the price, again, that is positioning your offer and what you're delivering in terms of value as being worth more. There are always ways to do it. Number four, don't write long emails. I would say this is a good rule of thumb in business always. If you are finding yourself spending more than 10 minutes on an email, it is too long. If you are writing an email that is more than two and a half short paragraphs, it is too long. Anything that needs to be written in 10 or 20 paragraphs needs to be a phone call. Any email that has something heavy or important in it needs to be a phone call. Why? Well, first of all, if you write a long ass email, you are obviously spending a lot of your time, so that's a waste of time. But you're also requiring me, the reader, to spend a lot of my time, and that's a waste of time too. Not to mention, so much gets lost over email. Having a live conversation on a phone or on Zoom allows both of you to hear how the person is expressing these ideas, especially in an email that's about looking for more work and asking for more money and listing all the reasons you feel like you are owed more money, that can come off very aggressive, it can come off defensive, and you might not even mean it to come off that way. So you are always better off having any heavy conversation, important conversation over the phone. And my recommendation is to never write a long email again. Not to mention, if you are talking to a client and you want something from them, you want more money, you want more work, the last thing you wanna do is make their life harder and ask them to spend time going through your long-ass email trying to figure out what you want and what you're saying, and then having to respond with a long email to respond to all your points. Don't ever do it. That goes for life, too. I just don't think anyone should ever write long emails. And number five, this should be a given, but I know that when it comes to people's businesses, when it comes to money, there's a lot of emotion there. Do not ever explicitly or implicitly demand anything. Just because somebody floated out there an idea that they might want to hire you for more doesn't mean that they owe you anything. Clients don't owe you anything except the thing that they agreed to buy from you. And if somebody said that they would hire you for something in the future and then they didn't, that doesn't mean they went back on their word. It means that you didn't have proper contracts in place or an agreement I like to tell people the deal is not closed until the check has cleared. That's another reason why I say don't ever start a project without having that check clear because people can tell you, clients will tell you, yes, I'm totally in. Yes, let's book the project and they will let you start. And I've this has happened to me, you know, luckily only a couple of times before I really learned my lesson. But some people will let you start working on their project and then decide not to do it. And you have lost all of that time and certainly all of the money that you expected to get paid. If you ever feel like you are owed something that was not agreed upon explicitly in a contract and then you didn't get it, 
take responsibility for it. That's on you. Look at your process and figure out how you can improve it so that you don't get into that situation again. Okay? Those are the five sins that I've seen recently, but I know that people make when trying to get more work because they bring all of their emotion into it and they feel like their feelings and their experience should be reasons why their clients should pay them more money and nothing could be farther from the truth. Hey guys, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I would be grateful if you would share it with a friend who would benefit or better yet on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz. It really is the best way for others to find out about the show and I thank you in advance for your help. All right, back to the episode. Okay, what could you do instead? Number one, act like a business owner, not an employee. Now, I don't even think employees should act like this, but definitely there is a difference between a business owner and an employee. And when you are a business owner, it is your responsibility to set the tone for all of the interactions. I'm actually going to pair this with number two, which is take full responsibility for everything that has happened. That's really what I mean by act like a business owner. When it's your business and you're working with clients, it's your job to lay out exactly how you want to work with them, how much it costs, what that process is. If you want to get paid a lot of money, you will do this even more. Something I teach in the NoBS Agency Mastery Program that's really a theme throughout all three phases of the model is that the more you show up as a leader and guide your clients to the answer, the more that you take their hand and say, hey, let me understand your situation and let me tell you exactly what I think you should do and let me lay out a plan for you. The more you do that, the more you'll get paid and the easier the buy-in will be from the client. Anything that happens in a project that doesn't go the way you want it, your best bet is to look back and say, what did I do to cause this situation? Even when a client goes horribly wrong, even when a project goes horribly out of scope, even when you're not getting paid what you're worth. All of those things are your responsibility. Now, you may say, well, I pitched them a $5,000 project and then they bargained me down to $3,500 and then they made the project take three times as long. So now I'm getting paid less than I pitched and the project took three times as long because it's their fault. Yada, yada. We've all been there. Fine. That may have happened, but that's still your responsibility because it was your choice to take it at 3,500. And it was your doing that allowed this project to take three times as long. And I know it sounds like I'm blaming you, like you did something wrong. It's not that you did something wrong. In fact, this should come as a light bulb exciting moment for you because the more responsibility you take for any situation that happens between you and a client, and that's what I mean by acting like a business owner, Take full responsibility for everything that happens in your business and how every client acts. When you do that and when you accept that, yeah, it might feel bad at first because you might not like a lot of things that clients are doing. You might not like a lot of things that happen between you and clients during projects. And you might feel good right now blaming the client for that. The problem is if you blame the client and if you think it's their fault, then you are giving up all control of your business. You're saying that the success of your business lies in the hands of strangers, of other people, that other people get to decide how profitable your business is, how good your work is, 
how effective your process is. Imagine if even the worst projects and the worst clients, imagine if you looked at that and said, what did I do to create this situation? What did I do to cause this project to go off the rails? If you ask yourself that question, anytime anything happens that you don't like, what you'll end up doing is you'll end up adding in new processes and new systems that will prevent that from happening in the future. You want to build a business exactly the way you want it to look. You want to have a business that supports exactly the kind of lifestyle you want. The only way to do it is if you are in complete control of your business. And the only way to do that is to see every situation as being your responsibility. Don't get me wrong. I've been frustrated by clients in the past, but every year I looked to take more and more responsibility from those clients. And guess what? I haven't been in a situation where a client has driven me crazy or asked for too much or went out of scope. I haven't been in that situation in literally years because it took me years to learn how to move from blaming them for things that went wrong to taking full responsibility. Okay, so that's one and two. Number three, this is probably the most important one. Anytime you are asking for more work or more money, you must always tie it to the value you provide. That's it. That's all that matters to your clients. How are you going to provide value that is worth more than the price you're charging? Like I said, you might need more money because traveling costs more. You might need more money because you didn't factor in the fact that you have to pay taxes. You might need more money because you have people working for you and you have to pay them more. That's all legitimate. But that is not why you're going to charge somebody more. Your job is to say, this is how much my business and I need. And then to the client and client-facing conversations, here's the value I can provide you for this number. Here's why it's worth more than that. So this was probably one of the biggest lessons that I shared with this person who wrote us this email. And by the way, like none of this is to say that there's anything bad or wrong about this person. Quite frankly, because we know them so well and because they're a really good person and very earnest and try really hard and do great work, even though we were completely ticked off by this email, we put it into the context of who they were and said, you know, this is really just a novice writing us this email. Like they have no idea how to treat a client and they're not in a business owner mentality. They're they're still in an employee mentality. And even then, like you don't do this as an employee. Anyway, so what I laid out for them was instead of these 20 paragraphs about all the things you want and you need and you think should be different, here's what you should do. Say, hey, I've got some great ideas for you. I've been doing this work for a year and here's what I've learned about you guys. You guys sell this, this, and this. Guess what? You have a huge opportunity to make a lot more money if we expanded what I'm doing here into another platform, into more content, into whatever. Here's what I think that looks like. I think you need, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and over the course of three months, I think I could get you da-da-da-da results. You know, I think you, I could increase your following. I think I could increase your viewership. I think we could target your, you know, tar- target the marketing to a, your very specific niche. I think based on just average numbers, if we got this many followers and this much stuff and we got a conversion rate of X, we could add this many people to your email list every month you know, based on your offers and how much they cost, that could result in a minimum of X dollars added to your bottom line. Imagine if instead of anything that has to do with inflation and taxes and travel, instead they just said, look, 
here's how I think I could make you a lot more money. And just conservatively, I think I could do, if we did this plan that I see for you, I think we could get you at least an extra, you know, whatever, X number of sales, X number of clients. And because those sales and those clients are worth X thousand dollars, that would add, you know, $10,000 a month to your bottom line. That would add $20,000 a month to your bottom line, whatever it is. I would like $3,000 a month in order to execute this. Doesn't that sound really exciting? Oh, you want me to pay you $3,000 a month and you feel like you could get us a minimum of 10 extra thousand dollars a month? Is that not a no-brainer? Now, I get it. It's not a no-brainer to anyone, but it's a no-brainer to me. Once you show me how my money is going to translate into more money, every investment makes sense. We're all taught lead with the benefits, lead with the outcome, show them the value that you have that you provide. That's the same thing that happens when you've been working with someone and you want more money, you want more projects. Lead with the value, show them the opportunity, get them excited and show them what they want. And then ask for that money and say, this is how much I need or I want in order to get that for you. Tie everything to the value you can provide. That's number three, even though that probably should be one through five. This whole episode could just be... (laughs) Tie the money you're charging people to the value you can provide. If you, if you learn nothing else from this, do that. Uh, number four, make your client's life easier. If you are writing long emails, if you are making them read between the lines, if you are not explicitly telling them exactly what you want to do for them, how you're going to help them, how much you want to get paid, whatever that is, you are making us do the work. One of the things I shared with this person was, We have been thinking about hiring you for more money on a retainer to do exactly the kinds of things that you're talking about. We have. This is not not on our radar. But because you haven't made it easy for us, because you haven't said, hey, here's what I think we should do. Hey, here's my plan for us. Let me show you what this looks like. Because you haven't done that for us and you haven't taken the initiative to do that. Instead, it's been kind of like requests. Hey, we should talk about this. We should talk. It's like, no, no, no. Like show up with confidence and say, hey, I want to sit down with you for half an hour. I got a bunch of questions. Then I want to lay out a plan for us. And then you can tell me if you want to do it, right? Show up with confidence. Be a leader. Because they didn't do that. We've been talking about it behind the scenes kind of casually. And basically, we've realized, well, we have to do the math and figure out the strategy and figure out exactly what we think it should look like and then figure out what we think that's worth to us. And then we'll have the conversation with this person and say, hey, this is what we're thinking and this is what we're willing to pay. Now, we could totally do that and we are planning to do that at some point. But because it's a lot more work for us and because we have a lot of other things we're doing that have a clearer path, that have like a strategy already laid out, those things always take precedent. So number four is make our lives easier. Make your clients' lives easier. Any way you can take away friction, you're going to make it easier for them to make a decision. So one of the ways that I teach how to do this inside No BS Agency Mastery is by doing the lead product, right? The whole point of a lead product is to lay out that plan with total clarity and vision and then say, hey, Do you not love all of this? Guess what? I can do all of that for you for this number. The reason the lead product works so well is because after a client has seen the clarity around their business and the plan and and the vision that they want, and they've seen that you understand it and that you have a 
completed plan, soup to nuts on how to fix it. The the dollar sign, the dollar amount at the end is like what it doesn't matter what that is because you solved the problem and you made my life easier. And that's what people are really looking for. You can get me to the goal that I have and you can do it easily. And all I have to do is pay you that amount. Done. By the way, this is probably a good theme for anything in life. If you want people to do things for you or you need things from people, the easier you can make it for them, the more likely it's going to be, the more likely it's going to happen. You want some people to share something for you on social media? That's why people send swipe files. That's why people do the work ahead of time to write the copy, because if you ask people to share something and then they need to write the copy, they're not going to do it. Have you ever been cold pitched by people who send you lengthy emails? Do you read those? No, because it's hard and I have no reason to. I've been cold pitched by people, though, where they make my life really easy by sending me something that's bite size or that's really quick or that has clear value for me. When they make my life easier, I go for it. That's number four. And number five is come with concrete plans, concrete ideas, come with solutions and clear concrete asks. Like I said, if you're writing a long email, you're probably wasting your time. Instead, I would say not, hey, can we talk sometime? But here's what I want to do. I would like 30 minutes of your time to ask you some questions so I can get a little bit more clarity on what's going on in your business and where you could really use help. And then I would like to put together a plan for you to show you exactly how I can help you get to your goals. Are you available to meet at this time or this time or this time? Do you see how clear and concrete that is and how different that is from, hey, we should meet sometime. Can you let me know your availability? It's the reason that when you are reaching out to people and you want to connect with them, I always say either send them a booking link or give them a couple of times you are free or both because we all know that awful back and forth email exchange where somebody says, hey, you want to chat? And then they say, yeah, sure. What's your availability? And then you say, oh, I could do Thursday at five. And then they say, oh, I can't do that. How about this? And you know, oh my God, mind numbingly 15 emails later, maybe you find a time or it just trails off because after a few exchanges, you both get exhausted from this. Make it easy. Give them a time. Give them a clear plan. When they get on that call, say, hey, thanks so much for taking the time. Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to ask you these kinds of questions and then I'm going to go and I'm going to put this plan together and I'm going to come back and I'm going to share it with you. Ask them to have a follow-up meeting. This is just one way to pitch them by by the way. And also, I'm specifically talking about somebody who's already been working with us. If you are already working with a client, this is a great way to approach them to get more work. If this is a new person, just do my lead product process, which is getting on a fit call, selling them the lead product, and then taking them through a very similar process where you get paid. Okay. And that is my list of five sins that you should definitely avoid if you are looking for more work and more money from your clients and what to do instead. Keep your personal stuff to yourself. Talk about the value. Show how you can help this person. Make their life easy. And you will put yourself in a great position to get the raise. That's all I've got for you today. Talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. 
Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 